Hello, hello. It's another Sunday, which means I have another weird one and a gruesome one for you. This is Twisted Wicked Crime with me, Christina. Ah, goodness. I am so tired. I am back. I am feeling much better. I do have my beer tonight. I am drinking the Ballast Point Grapefruit Sculptin because my mango beer is out of rotation for another three months. It only rotates in every like quarter or three months or something like that is when I was talking to the the beer rep. And so anyway, I am very tired today. I'm actually recording this hours before this is supposed to drop at midnight. So I hope I don't make too many mistakes so I don't have to go back and re-record stuff and all that good stuff. Um, We did Disney on Ice today. It was so fun. We went with my dad, so my daughter's grandpa, myself, and her went, and it was so much fun. Then we hung out all day. My dad hung out. We went to Spirit Halloween because I got PO'd because I ordered something online for in-store pickup. Days later, I still didn't get notification it was ready. I finally was like, I'm going in there. I went in there. They had it, of course, but they had the wrong item for me. They fixed it pretty quickly, but I'm just like, geez, but I didn't have time to put it out in my yard. I got this glow skeleton that looks like he's coming out of the ground because I love spooky season. Then we all did dinner together. We got five guys, and then we went and walked around the neighborhood looking at Halloween decorations. So I am very tired, (laughs) and I hope I make it through this because I got a a good case for this Halloween month. I'm going to try to bring you some good ones, some spooky ones, and some curses. That's right. This one is about a curse and it's kind of like two stories in one really but we have a curse for you today and my question before we start this episode do you guys believe in curses i kind of do and here's why real quickly i think curses are real if you curse somebody and they know that they you that you curse to them i feel like if you feel it's real that it's going to come true right And I feel like this is the case with this one. So I believe curses can be true in that sense. Um, This does go into a little fortune telling as well. I mean, it's spooky season, guys. we got to talk about curses. And I think fortune tellers aren't really real. But who's to say? Um, Because in this, this fortune teller was very much correct. So... (laughs) I don't know what to think um, on all that. And maybe I'll let you guys kind of decide for yourselves at the end. Maybe you were kind of on the fence like me. And maybe you're like, oh, maybe this curse thing is real. And maybe fortune tellers are real. I don't know. (laughs) So let's get started. It's early 1900s. And this is where mental illness was definitely there. We know there was people with it. But there wasn't any help that they needed or diagnose that they needed wasn't there yet because it was too early. And I have to pause this real quick because my cat is ripping my carpet out to get out. Okay, sorry. I'm sure she's going to be scratching on the other side to come back in. I swear, every time I try to record these podcasts, that cat, I love her, but she makes all kinds of noise and problems. So anyway, like I was saying, it's the early 1900s, so there's not really any diagnosis for this or treatment. So if you had a mental illness that went untreated, which we know a lot of serial killers are like. And too many of them, especially back in the day, 
went untreated and did horrible, nasty things. Well, what if you thought you were cursed by your child? Hmm. And the only way to protect your family or yourself is to do the unthinkable. So today we are talking about Leonardo Ciancelli. I Ciancelli. It's Italian, and I'm butchering it, and I'm sorry. Ciancelli. We're gonna say Ciancelli. I apologize to my Italy listeners. Now she's unfortunately a woman who needed this kind of help. Um, She had a mental illness that goes untreated and she turns into a horrible monster, which I know we talked about it in my last episode with the railroad killer. You know, if Angel hadn't been dropped on his head and had all that head trauma, would he have turned out the way that he did? Or if he got treatment for it, would he have turned out the way he did? And that's kind of how I feel about Leonardo. And Also, we're taking it way back because, like I said, it's the early 1900s. So, Leonardo was born on April 18th, 1894. Yes, I said 18. And we're taking it way, way back, folks. Okay. I said um, that this was the early 19s, of course. And she was born in a small town in Montatella, Italy. And we're also taking it overseas. Like I said, I do apologize to my Italy. Italy listeners for butchering her last name. Um, I don't like to butcher names even when they're not nice people. (laughs) Maybe this might be familiar to you. Um, Might be a case that you guys have heard over here. This wasn't a familiar case to me really when I came across it. But a fun fact about this small town is that it's also known as the Kingdom of Italy. Very early start to life, Leonardo didn't have a homey lifestyle. Nothing quaint about it. And however, her mother, Safrina Morano, was born into a wealthy family. So her mom was very rich. Her mother, even being a, from a wealthy family, she was attacked and sexually assaulted and then became pregnant with Leonardo from her assailant. And to avoid being unread, unwed, sorry, ridiculed, and named every name on the planet, she was forced to marry her assailant. The man who sexually abused her, getting her pregnant, and she was forced to marry him. And that is just horrific in itself. Like, I'm sorry. Back then, like, it was a sin not to be married if you were pregnant. I dig it. But what if it was an attacker? That's just awful to me. So, Leonardo is obviously being born into that type of a situation. Now, days, that would not fly, but here, you know, we wouldn't do that. (laughs) They were now a family with this conceived child. And I really can't imagine being in that position to be forced to marry a disgusting man like that. (sighs) This was too clear her name, of course, like I said. Also, it was shameful to become pregnant out of wedlock, like I said, which, you know, despite all this, even being married, she still got pregnant out of wedlock. 
her family saw this as a disgrace to the family and cut her off from all the monies that they were giving her. They're like, no more. You're cut off. You get sexually assaulted and you get pregnant and you're not wed. You're not getting any of our money. And I just feel bad for Leonardo's mom, really. Poor thing didn't have a chance with how her life became. It's not her fault. She was sexually attacked and abused and all that. But here we are. She did. And this is a true crime case. She went from living in the life of riches and fancy houses to basically shed-like houses. She couldn't think of one person to blame for this. Nope, not her attacker. No, she couldn't think of anybody. But she could think of blaming her new baby she gave birth to, Leonardo. Her mother did not like her new baby, just out of spite, and blamed her for losing everything. Now, we all know it was your attacker. You shouldn't blame your innocent baby who's like, baby, baby knew. Like, she didn't do anything. They know nothing. They were not asked to be in this world, right? It's just brutal. And I can only imagine how she was really treating her. Like, I didn't find anything on that per se. I don't know if she hit her or anything like that. I don't know. <clears throat> I kind of understand, like, your father attacked me, but this baby did nothing to deserve to be treated, but in a loving way. Serafina made sure that Leonardo knew everything that happened to her and that it was all her fault. She said it was her fault that they had no money or food or clothes, and that it was all her fault that they lived in poverty. That's just sad. And Leonardo believed it as she grew up. And I can't imagine how that is, that little girl would be feeling. Clearly, they did not have a good mother-daughter relationship. Her mother hated her out of spite, you know, like I said. And because of this, Leonardo tried to commit suicide twice before she was an adult. And I'm sorry, that's so fucked up on her mom's part. She hated her kid for no reason, and now your child wants to kill herself before she's an adult. And I get it, you're attacked. Not the end result you want, but your child really did nothing wrong. And I want to keep saying that because anybody out there... Who thinks that's okay? I'm not saying my listeners do, but just in general, out in the public, think that's okay. Hear me now if you're listening to this randomly. It's not okay. She's just a miserable, like poor Leonardo. She just wants to end her life, and that's just an awful feeling. And I can't imagine anybody who's going through that wanting to have that feeling to do that. Like that just hurts me to my core for people who have done it successfully and hurt the others around them. And that just shows you how much of her mother's words hurt Leonardo, too. You need to nurture and love, not hate. And I just, at this point, feel so bad for Leonardo. And what she does later is very unspeakable. But I can see why she turns out the way she does. And why she thought doing what she does later will protect her family. It still doesn't make it right, though. And we'll get there. I'm jumping ahead just a tad. Leonardo came home one day, which she thought would be good news to her mother. So this just shows you how much she trusted and believed what her mother was telling her growing up. Now, her mother would say that changes, of course, Leonardo's life dramatically, right? Like her mother's like, oh, what's going on? But it changes her life dramatically. She tells her mother the news. It's 1917. And Leonardo married a man by the name of Raphael 
Pansardi. He was a local office registry clerk, which, hey, that is a steady job, and that's a good thing. She runs home to tell her mother this amazing news. She's happy. She's excited about moving in with her new husband. She's expecting her mother to have the same reaction, the same excitement for her. She wouldn't be around to bother her or anger her mother. And there was one less mouth to feed or be a burden that she claimed that she was. Why wouldn't she be excited for her daughter? For whatever reason, when Leonardo told her, that happiness and excitement did not come. Serafina was furious. Which, why? Like all the reasons I mentioned. One less mouth to feed. Well, Leonardo did not know at that time, but her mother had actually been planning for Leonardo to marry someone else and marry a man much more wealthy. Mm-hmm. Mommy wants that for a piece of that money. She wants back into the riches. So she had someone lined up for Leonardo that could not only care for her family, but the, for her, but the entire family. She was looking out for mama herself, not making sure her little girl was happy, which is evil, right? I don't think arranged marriages were that uncommon back then, but I mean, to do it for your own sake to get wealthy is just awful. Leonardo had not a clue of this when she went off and found her great man that she loved. So when Leonardo came home and told her mother this news, her mother took this as her ruin her life again, and it was a final betrayal that her daughter could give her. Like, she's like, that's it. You're out of my life. Her mother's plan was to get back to the life of luxury, and the daughter she hated her whole life now betrayed that and everything and just ruined and flown out the window. Uh, her mother is just so awful. <clears throat> Divorce was out of the question. Leonardo was not going to, so there was not anything that her mother could do at this point or undo it. The only thing left her mother could do was make her daughter suffer, which that seems appropriate. Like, I need to sip my beer real quick. So that seems appropriate. Like, can't be happy for your daughter. You made my life miserable again. You kept me away from the riches, so it's time to suffer. Which, like, seriously, she's already been like that her whole life, ever since being born. The only thing that her mother could ensure was her not leaving the house and having a happy marriage. You know, she couldn't prevent that, but she could curse her. Yeah, that's a new one. She's very evil. Most people would be like, bitch, please, and brush it off knowing very well there isn't a curse on you. But like I mentioned earlier, is there? Are there such things as curses? Leonardo, on the other hand, she did believe this because she grew up hearing everything her mother said and believed it. So she now believes she has this curse. When her mother told her, you're going to run off and be happy when she was supposed to be, well, you're cursed. Leonardo was like, oh shit, I'm screwed. And I don't, like I said, I don't know anything about curses or witchcraft. And that's odd because it fascinates me. Well, witches do. And I feel like the throw of curses out there a lot, right? And especially in the old times like this. I feel like maybe curses are 
like I mentioned, real if the recipient believes it, right? Almost like you believe that you're actually letting these things happen, you know, or making them happen. I guess what I'm trying to say from earlier, it does in my head, right? <laughs> my head's a little wacky do. What is it called when they give you a fake pill instead of a real one to see if you act like the symptoms? Oh my God, what is that word? Oh, it's a placebo. That's right. <clears throat> it's what's almost like with Leonardo. Like she believed everything. So now this curse is a very real thing in her life. Leonardo did try to move on with this curse hanging over her to have this dream life with her new husband, Raphael. But it didn't take long for her mother's curse to take effect. The happy couple became pregnant with Leonardo's first child. Oh, that's such a happy occasion that you should be excited about. Leonardo became very uneasy over this. How does she know? She knows her mom's curse is going to happen. Leonardo, wanting to get in front of the curse, went to see a fortune teller. She felt inside like this curse is going to affect me in my happy life. Something's going to happen with this baby. That's what she felt this curse was. She wanted to insist an insight. She wanted to know it all into her future, what, what she was going to expect. I mean, fair enough. I would probably do the same thing. And this fortune teller gave Leonardo some great news with a not so great ending. The good news, she told Leonardo that she was going to get married and have lots of children. Okay, <clears throat> right? One thing, right? She's doing that. The bad was when she told her that all of her kids would die young. And my gosh, that would make me never want kids. <clears throat> so she went to the fortune teller to see what the curse was all about, right? which I don't think at that time you could control that unless you didn't have sex. <laughs> anyway, she went for a second opinion. Okay, fair, good for her. And this time she went to another fortune teller that could read hands. And this fortune teller told her that based on the lines in her hands, her future was as follows. They said, in your right hand, I see prison. And your left hand, a criminal asylum. Asylum. Which way do you say that? Asylum? I know the, it's asylum. I don't know why I said asylum. Oh, I'm telling you guys, I'm tired. I shouldn't be doing these when I'm tired. Both her predictions make her doomed. So now she has this curse and she's seeing this curse come alive. The death of her kids would really hit her hard. And okay, for reals though, like that's some scary predictions, especially when you hear what happens? Would you actually want to know your future? I don't think I want to know. I don't, I don't know. Like I've thought about like maybe just doing it for fun, but what if it scares me enough that like they think that it's like true because I don't know what I believe after reading about curses and true crime and all that. Like, I don't know. Do you guys want to know about your future? Sorry, another sip of my beer. My throat was getting dry. Um, I don't think I do. I would rather just take it day by day. Of course, this weighed heavy on her since she was pregnant and when she saw the fortune tellers. An excitement that she had about the baby is now gone. 
She's now overfilled with dread. And this feeling is only going to get worse. Her curse only felt more real when she, the baby, when she lost the baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is devastating, which is probably worse for her proving that her mother's curse was coming real and the fortune seller's reading to saying that all her kids would die young. That's so sad when you're happy and you're excited and you lose the baby. Now, this put Leonardo in a deep state of depression, which I dig it. I don't know what that would be like to lose a child, but after hearing this curse and then the fortune teller telling you, I'd be in a deep state of depression too. Though back then, depression wasn't a known thing. There was no diagnosis on it or really any type of depression. So this just caused her to drift further and further down. And eventually she found herself in prison. Hmm, just like the fortune teller told her in her hand. The reading in her hand. In 1921, she was arrested after Raphael moved them to his hometown of Laria Potenzina. I'm sorry, Italy, for butchering that. She was found guilty of fraud, which back then probably happened a lot because there's no record of this anywhere that I could find. She did this, as we know, as which resulted in prison time. And that means another prediction has come true. Oh, God. This poor woman. She was released six years later, and Raphael still sticking by her, which is just like, oh, their true love. They really were meant to be together. They decide to move in to another town, best for her, I'm assuming. And they went to Lesedona, Avalino. And I really, really hope I'm saying that right. And this is a fresh start for both of them, just what they need. And even better news when Leonardo became pregnant again. Now this time she managed to deliver a very healthy baby Yay! She needs this after all that bad news with the future and the curse. Now, it's sadly, it wouldn't take long for her mother's curse to hit again. Can you imagine what this poor woman was going through? <clears throat> Shit just keeps happening, and the life you're living feeling stressed out? That is wild. I can't picture having that feeling on me. And you know that's not healthy. But for Leonardo, she felt this curse heavy and on her kids too. That is where it started and from the whole fortune teller. Leonardo, from the time she saw the fortune teller, had 17 pregnancies over the course of her married life. 17. Yes, I said that. My God, I'd be dead. My body couldn't take all that. How could hers? I could barely manage pregnancy with the one I have. I hated it. So of those 17 pregnancies, three were miscarriages. She gave birth to 10 that all died very young. The remaining four that she had given birth to were her only surviving kids. Out of 17 pregnancies, four survived. That is some wild and sad shit. No wonder she thought there was a curse on her. Like, ugh, can you imagine? Like, her mother did this to her? Like, making her feel this way? Evil. 
After all that loss and pain, not to mention what her body went through, miscarriages, pregnancy, that's a lot on the body. Anybody who has a kid knows that. I still don't feel right four years later. In 1930, tragedy would strike again when an earthquake ripped through their town, destroying their family home and everything they had. The whole town was destroyed. Raphael, which, by the way, guys, I really like him. He's good people, and she chose right. They truly were in love. He knew that something pretty drastic was going to have to happen to help his family. They needed a new place to live, so he moved them to a place called Caraggio. And I hope I'm saying that right, because we're talking about the soap maker of Caraggio. Amelia. Um, so Caraggio, Reggio, Amelia. Okay. I really, again, I'm apologizing over and over because I know I'm not saying these names right, but you get what I'm saying. The fact, too, that they are still trying... And not losing hope is just a beautiful thing. They've been through so much now to have their home destroyed. And they were just looking for any silver line or break in the world. They had their four remaining children. And they needed to continue to love and take care of and protect. Which Leonardo protects them at all costs. She learned from the worst, right? They moved and finally things were looking up for this family. The town of Caraggio, 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 and the people were absolutely amazing. Them and the nearby towns all heard about the devastating earthquake that hit. So when Leonardo and Raphael arrived in Caraggio with their kids, the people were jumping in, just wanting to help in any way they could. And I just love that. I feel like my cul-de-sac would do that because we're all pretty close with each other. But my whole city, no. This is just a thing that they needed, a new start. And with these amazing people surrounding them, it was helping. They set them up in a nice home that even had a storefront. So Leonardo could make things and sell them. She was a little crafty and she made things like soaps. And that's what she would make and in turn sell them in the storefront. This just sounds so perfect, but too bad it goes all south for her. The storefront with the home would also allow her to not only go to work, but keep an eye on her kids, which is a huge relief and break. And this town actually sounds so wonderful. Looks like they could all finally breathe. Raphael was even looked up or sorry, even hooked up with a job in town. Sorry, my eyes wandered because my cat is back in the room. My husband let her in and she's running rampage in here. So I'm sorry for the noise. Raphael, he got a job working as a clerk in town. And Leonardo began work in the storefront, making and selling soaps. This area looking up, you know, but damn, the curse is here, guys. It's here. The storefront was allowing the people in town to get to Leonardo and her family, and everyone was just becoming close. Sorry, get to know her. Things are just going super beautifully. These people of the town knew that what they went through, and they were here for this family in the time of hardship, like when she lost another child, like what she needed. No, she still has her four children, and she didn't lose one yet. They would come together, bring her food, whatever they needed. I'm just saying in general, that's what they did. 
Leonardo wanted to pay them back in any way she could. She started gathering and getting anything she could on the occult. Now, her goal was to first figure out how to rid the curse that was following her and also learn to help others that might be in a similar situation, which is awesome. So she's kind of like a the witch of the town, which that would be amazing. I would love to have a witch of the town or be the witch of the town. Like banish some ghosts, make some potions. Mm, that would be dope. Leonardo is that person. She's the town witch here. She's here to rid your curses or your demons that you may have. Dope. I would love that. Candles under full moons, all that fun. It's spooky season, guys. It's spooky season. With her learning all this new stuff, and she became super knowledgeable. And as she did, people started coming to her. When they were sick, they would reach out. They would get their fortune. They maybe two were cursed like her and knowing it with i think they knew about her curse like knowing her reputation with curses anyway so they would seek help with her i don't know if they knew of her curse but they would just like seek help through her because they knew she was knowledgeable as she counseled and worked through these people's problems she was actually really helping them and word got out that she had these abilities and special powers with helping people and she was getting well-respected in town. But this didn't make her feel any better with what she knew on the occult about her own curse. So that's not good. She felt that this was her curse being pushed back and left behind as she helped others, which her goal was to rid of hers first, but now she's stepping backwards with it in herself. She felt she could not get out from under this curse, and that was still over her, so which made her more protective of her four remaining children that she had. Her eldest son, Giuseppe, he spent a lot of time with her. They had a very special relationship. They were very close. It was her first, her oldest, that survived. With each other, they would, even when they got older, when he was a teenager, one of the first things he did when he got home from school was sit down with his mother at the kitchen table. They would enjoy a cup of tea with some tea cake with each other. Oh my gosh, just stop it. That is the cutest thing ever. Also, what is a tea cake? I need to look this up. I love some hot tea in the cooler weather and a tea cake with it? Hello. I need to look those up and maybe make them. I think I do. Oh, that sounds amazing. So anyway, that is just really sweet that they would do that together. Now, a lot of times people said that he was her favorite child. And honestly, I don't think that she had a favorite. He was just older and they just had this bond where they'd share their tea. All the other three kids, they were younger and couldn't do that with her. I mean, she does love all her kids. She does the extreme to protect them. This became a tradition between them, and it was actually well-known among the town people too. Some of the town people even would stop by themselves to join them for tea and tea cakes. Also, as we know, Leonardo was becoming very popular with her witch-type crafts and the occults and curing people. So apparently, she made amazing tea cakes too. Which, damn girl, get it. I'm seriously Googling tea cakes when this is over because I need to know what those are. 
with this curse still over her, things in her life were actually going really well. This was just a few months before Giuseppe's 18th birthday that she would find it striking her again. The curse is back, guys. Her heart stopped and realized that this curse was going to get her bad one day when he came home from school. Instead of having tea and tea cakes as he sits down with her, he tells her that he joined the Italian army. And let me tell you, he enrolled right at the beginning of World War II. Leonardo became worried and scared. And she knew this curse was going to take another one of her children. Now the one she closest with is putting himself in harm's way. Now, not to say you're going to die at war, but the chance that he could be is pretty high with World War II. I mean, that's some heavy stuff. At this point, she becomes desperate to save him, and she knows his odds with the war. She only knew she had a few months until he was 18 and officially was able to join the army. He enrolled, remember, but he can't join until he's 18. She decides, you know what? I'm going to make this time wisely. I'm going to use my time wisely and I'm going to use what I have with him before he heads off. So she decides that she's going to give back to the town of Caraggio. She was determined to put enough good into the town and help anyone in return that would help protect her son as he went off to war. I mean, this makes sense, right? Get this curse out with good versus evil. Put the good out there. Get the evil out. Leonardo knew exactly what she was going to do and where she was going to start. The people in the town of Caraggio became to her for all kinds of things. Like I said, when they were sick, they would even go to her before they would go to the doctor. They came to her with problems and looking for advice and the kind that only a little magic could fix. One day, Leonardo had one of these people in her kitchen. This woman's name was Faustina Seti, and she was 73 years old. And this hot chica 73-year-old, she was on the lookout for a husband. She had never been married, and she was still waiting for that Mr. Perfect guy. Oh my gosh, 73, and she's still waiting for that husband? That is just kind of sweet. I mean, everyone deserves their person in life no matter the age. It was her goal in life to get married. Oh, that is just, oh, stop it. And I got lucky. I met my person at the age of 19 and we've been together 20 years. So why not Faustina finding her person at 73 and having at least 15 more years with them? She could live to be 100. We don't know. She knew, <clears throat> excuse me, I kind of burped, sorry. She knew that Leonardo would be the one to help her. And this was the perfect situation for Leonardo to get the good vibes going. Maybe a little love potion. Love potion number nine. Well, she did it and she managed to pull this off. And by doing this, she was hoping to put the best energy out there and that her son would be safe. She tells Faustina that she knows a man who's around the same age as her and he lives in a different village, but he's also looking for a wife. Faustina is beyond excited, started writing letters to her new future husband. He even wrote letters back and they had quite the connection already. 
Only Faustina had no idea that it was really Leonarda who was getting the writing and responding to the letters. Ah, oh, that's not putting the good juju out there. It's not even good in good karma vibes against a curse. So yeah, this person does not exist. And yes, Leonarda knows what she's doing and it isn't a good thing. But her plan is going along accordingly. Now, all Leonarda needs is for Faustina to write some letters and postcards to her own family and friends, explaining where she was going and what was going on. And then she would pay Leonarda for her services. This was just sad. Faustina took out her entire life savings, which was 30 lire, which is around $360 today. So back then, that was a lot of money. And that hurts my heart because she's excited for her new husband, but he ain't coming. She pulls all her money out and she heads to Leonardo and paid her. She started writing the letters and preparing for the trip of her life. The trip to meet her soon-to-be new husband. Of course, they had to celebrate before they took off. Leonardo pours them both a glass of wine and they start to really tip off together, right? They're like, yay, let's cheers to the trip of your lifetime. So Fasina took the first sip and then she drops to the floor. What the fuck, right? Leonardo did tell everyone, and I mean everyone, that she was looking to do good things to help protect her son while he went off to war. Her actual plans were completely the opposite. By now, she learned that the universe did not give, it only took. And she knew with this curse that this was about to take her son's life. The only way to stop this was to give the universe another life instead of taking her son's life. And wow, that is some crazy shit. I really liked her and I was rooting for her and then she does this. She spiked the wine, obviously, and after Faustina fell to the floor, she was losing the ability to move and most importantly, being able to defend herself. Leonardo grabbed one of her axes and swung it high in the air above her head and then swung it down towards Faustina on the ground and she killed her while she was helpless on the kitchen floor with an axe. And this is some brutal shit. Faustina, poor Faustina was just dead, surrounded by her blood. Leonardo drags her across the kitchen floor and then stuffs her into a cabinet. But she isn't done with her. She cleaned up the body, or she cleaned up the bloody scene and began to work again. She drained all of Faustina's blood from her body by letting it sit in the six, kitchen sink basin and slowly letting it coagulate. Ugh, that word is just so nasty. I don't know why. It's like the word moist, except for I like the word moist. <laughs> so after all of that, her blood was gone. She chopped Faustina's body into nine different parts. And then she poured key logs of caustic soda, which is what she used for making her soaps, together with the body parts in pots. She then proceeded to boil Faustina away. She then took the coagulated blood that she had all in the bison still, 
she spread it out onto like a cookie sheet. That's right. And she baked it into she baked it in the oven until it was dry and brittle. She then ground it into a flour like mixture, which she used in her tea cakes. Ugh, that was nasty and wrong. Now to be fair, boss uh Leonardo did say she mixed this blood flour with regular flour, sugar, milk, eggs, butter, and even chocolate. She made lots of crunchy tea cakes and then served them to the ladies when they came to visit. Which, yuck. And even herself and her son, Giuseppe, also ate them. That is like cannibalism in a way, right? I mean, it's the blood of the... Oh my God, so gross. So I'm going to take another sip of my beer because my cat's bugging me. Okay, when she was done with Faustina's body, she took the unused body parts and disposed of them in the septic tank. No one had any clue. Maybe although that serving the blood tea cakes to herself and her son was also a way of protecting him from the curse, like maybe feeding her, feeding him the dead would save him. But it didn't take long for her to realize that wasn't enough. So poor Faustina's family and friends is thinking she's away with her new husband and that's just the saddest thing ever. She seemed like such a sweet lady. She just wanted her sexy man in her life. Now, she just couldn't risk her son's life. And again, she couldn't resist the another opportunity that came knocking on her door. Francia Sylvie came to Leonardo, but not for a cure from a curse. And she wasn't looking for love or help with anything with a lifelong dream. She just wanted help finding a job. Leonardo, of course, said she knew of one, but the only problem was that the job was in another village and Francesca would need to leave everything behind if she wanted to take it. This was a job that she could not pass up. It was a good one. Francesca would be a teacher for a school for girls, so Francesca decided to go for it. Leonardo got Francesca to write postcards to her family and friends, explaining that she was moving and it would maybe a while before they could get in touch with her or any one of her again. She went over to Leonardo's and paid her 3,000 lire which, holy shit, that is a shit ton of money. I didn't do the math for that on today. For all the hard work Leonardo did. But before heading out, they must celebrate. And I'd have to quickly pause because my cat is doing it again. Okay, so what I was saying. They must celebrate. Leonardo poured two glasses of wine. And Francesca, super excited, takes that first drink. She immediately falls to the floor, helpless to defend herself. Just like before, Leonardo took her axe and killed her on the kitchen floor, drained her blood, making the flour before boiling her body away. She went on to make more of the tea cakes and served it up. This one kept Leonardo happy for a while, but Giuseppe's birthday was creeping up around the corner. And at this point, she's starting to get uneasy again. This time she knew she had to do something extra special 
to keep her favorite son from falling under her mother's curse and dying like her other children. This time, she hit closer to home. Virginia Casipio was one of Leonardo's really good friends. They had spent a lot of time together, kind of like BFFs, having tea and tea cakes together. But Virginia was a bit restless. She once had been an opera singer in Milan before moving to Caraggio. And that is really cool. She moved there with her husband to settle down. But now Virginia was a widow and she knows that Leonardo has helped two other women completely change their lives. Virginia, she had a dream. She wanted to travel again and get away from the small town. She knew that Leonardo could help. And of course, one of her best friends was an organizer who put concerts together, even operas. Of course, Leonardo knows somebody like that. Sounds too good to be true. Because it is. This man just happened to be looking for a secretary. Wow, that's so convenient. There's one problem. He worked and lived in Florence. <laughs> Shocking. And just like that and the others, she wanted to take the job. And she would have to leave everything behind and move. Of course, she would have to write postcards to your family and friends. Virginia was so happy. She got everything organized to move and start her new life. On her last night in Coraggio, she went to her friend, Leonardo, who set this whole thing up for her, where the two shared a bottle of wine together. Virginia took a sip and down to the floor she fell. I have to wonder, as she laid there helpless, what was going through her head as Leonardo grabbed the axe and swung it above her head. She must have been thinking, like, oh shit, she did not help those other two women. She did this to them and they're gone. I'm sure that had to be a thought. Leonardo killed her good friend with the axe, then made her blood into the flour, boiling the rest of her away, serving it up yet again in her tea cakes. While her remains were boiling away, Leonardo noticed something and something special about her remains. Her flesh was fat and white. And when it melted, it was really cool. So she added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, she was able to make the most exceptional creamy soap. She gave the bars to neighbors, even acquaintances. She thought Virginia was special. As she said, the cakes were even better. That woman is really sweet. Oh my God, that's just so gross that people are using that soap. I don't know how to take that. She's saying that that's the best tea cakes too and nice soap. I mean, maybe that's a compliment. I mean, good for her. I don't know. That's just, ugh, that's just evil. I don't know how I feel about Leonardo. Like she's just trying to help her kids, but she's doing the most awful things. <sighs> I don't know. I guess if it had to happen to you, I guess that'd be good to compliment that you have the best soap and tea cakes out of your body. Of course, she made Giuseppe use the soap as well. It was this moment when she realized or that she knew that all she did, she could do really for her son to be safe. And she knew that he would be safe. And we aren't done with Leonardo yet. There's something else. 
there is another prophecy that is destined to come true. Unlike the other two ladies, Virginia had a family that lived in Caraggio, and they started to notice that they hadn't seen Virginia around, like she disappeared. She did tell her family about the job that Leonida got her. The other two were told not to. They just said they were going away. Now, the other two had something to their family as Leonardo, you know, told them not to and they listened. But Virginia was told the same, but she couldn't keep her mouth shut. She was so damn excited, which isn't a bad thing here. So when her family realized she was nowhere to be found, actually nowhere to be found before she was supposed to leave for the job, raised a lot of questions. They go to the police and report her missing. Police immediately go to Leonardo's and knock on the door because she was the last person to see her and ask her to see if she's seen Virginia or where she might have gone. Leonardo tells the story about the job and her moving to Florence. And police are like, nah, we don't believe that, girl. Nope. mm -mm." Because also at this time, there had been a lot of reports of an awful uprooting smell coming from Leonardo's home. It was a smell coming up from the floors since she was pouring all the remaining body parts down the septic tank and into the drains. People liked Leonardo, so they didn't think much of it. But police, they weren't buying any of her story, really. So they go in and they start searching around. All her stories are beginning to fall apart as the two other women's were falling apart, right? They're like, well, maybe they didn't, we can't get a hold of them. So they're starting to connect it. Leonardo was actually even selling articles of their clothing and shoes in her shop. Like, come on, man. That's just stupidity. She has some balls on her. Once police saw this as well, they made an even bigger connection. And she was arrested, and it didn't take long for um, to think that there was no way she did this alone. Like, they're like, there's no way she did this alone. The police are like, mm-hmm. No, so they started to suspect her son, Giuseppe, was also involved. This destroyed and terrified Leonardo. She didn't want anything to happen to her precious baby boy. So she starts to confess everything. And that was not a ploy tactic on their part to get anything out of her. No, they really did think he did have something to do with it, but he didn't. And that was a wonderful accident on that part. She admitted everything, luring them, spiking the wine, made food, and everybody loved it, made soap that she sold in her soap shop, and people bought it. She just word vomited it all over the place. She was tried for the three murders. Her trial took place in 1946. She appeared in court very casual and very uncaring about anything she did. She was sentenced to 30 years in prison. And when she was done with that, she would spend three years in an insane asylum where she would end up dying from a stroke in 1970 while serving what was the remainder of her sentence in the asylum. So with that, whether her curse was real or not, her fortune predictions came true. The kids dying, her in prison, even an asylum. And I'm sorry, that is actually really creepy. Like when I was researching the case, I'm like, fortune tellers, are you real? 
I still don't know. Do I have any psychics out there, fortune tellers out there? Let me know. I want to know. I do. I'm so curious by that. I mean, that came true. Prison and an insane asylum? I don't know. But maybe hearing all this, she somehow made her own predictions unknowingly. Um, Like she did it on purpose, knowing what her prediction was. I don't know. Unknowingly because she had that on her or knowingly because she knew her protection was. Either way, that is spooky and a perfect case for Halloween month. Dun, dun, dun. My house is all decorated now. What do we think of that one? We're just like so rooting for Leonardo, right? I felt so bad for her. But then she had to go kill people. Guys, I don't know. That one is just a crazy, crazy ride. Like, I did not see that coming. Like I said, it was like two stories in one. You have this sweet girl. And my God, what did Raphael think of all this? Her four remaining kids. Which, by the way, I didn't like to see if um, I should have done that. I'm bad podcast host. Should have looked to see if Giuseppe ended up living after going to war or if any other kids died. I didn't see that. I don't. I didn't come across it when I was researching this case, and I should have put my brain together when I was writing up the story to look that up, and I didn't. But next week, I am going to bring you our survivor from the railroad killer, Miss Holly Dunn. So that'll be... A nasty one with a happy ending, as we know. So I'm going to give you a happy ending one. I think it's a good one for Halloween month because we got to have survivor stories in there because like so many horror movies out there, there's always a survivor. So we need one this Halloween month. And with that, you know you can rate me on Spotify or iTunes. Give me a five star. Help me get my name out there. I saw I have some new Spotify followers again this week. So I'm so excited. My numbers keep climbing my prediction where I was at for this time frame in my podcast is just incredible. It's better than I thought, and I love it. And I thank you all for listening to me continuously. I'm recording this, like I said, hours before it drops, so I got to do some final touches. But with that, I'm going to drop my socials below. You can follow me on Instagram. You can email me. You can even buy me a beer at buymeacoffee.com twistedwickedcrime. Give me some support because maybe I need a new microphone or something. I don't know. I think I'm sounding kind of yuck. I don't know. Maybe that's just my voice. (laughs) But anyway, I hope everybody has a beautiful week ahead. I hope you stay happy. You stay healthy. You make good choices. You don't turn people into soap, okay? Mm -mm, No, don't do it. Don't murder them. Don't make them into cakes and soap. We're good. So don't do that. Make good choices. And most importantly, stay alive. I will talk to you all later. Bye.